Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Looking for exceptional coffee delivered fresh to your door? We have the answer. Our friends at Grim Bean Coffee produce small batch artisan coffee using top tier coffee beans. The coffee is roasted when you order, guaranteeing the freshest coffee possible. Check out Breadbox Roasts, a new line of Catholic themed coffees available at www. Dot .grimbeancoffee.com forward slash redboxmedia. Experience coffee like never before. By definition, a storyteller conveys events and words, images and sounds, often by improvisation or embellishment. The Living Bread Radio Network presents The Storytellers with Tony Agnesi. Today, you'll hear a faith-based, inspirational story that's both heartfelt and heartwarming. And now, let's meet today's storyteller with Tony Agnesi. Hi, this is Tony Agnesi, and welcome to this edition of The Storytellers. Each week, we feature a guest with a unique and inspiring story to tell. The Storytellers is brought to you in part by CatholicBook.net, and all of the books featured on the program are available there. The program can also be heard via podcast at thestorytellersradio.com, at my website, TonyAgnesi.com, and wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, and many, many more. And hey, if you'd like to follow me, you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, Pinterest, MeWe, at Tony Agnesi. Find out about all the shows and all the guests. My guest today is Mary Lenneberg. Mary is the author of the book, Be Brave in the Scared, How I Learned to Trust God During the Most Difficult Days of My Life. Mary is a full-time author and Catholic speaker. She's given keynotes and across the country at a variety of conferences uh, and a writer with Take Up and Read. Her work has appeared in five books of meditations. Mary, welcome to the Storytellers. Thanks so much for having me, Tony. It's a delight to be with you. The book is Be Brave in the Scared, and uh, I, uh, when I started into this book, I am, am in awe of what you've gone through, and uh, I thought we'd start there. Let's talk a little bit about your story and then you know, how that story turned into a book that I'm sure is going to be a blessing to, to many, many people. Let's talk a little bit about your story. Share with me how you got to where you were to write this book. Oh, wow. Okay, so this is basically uh, my spiritual journey. Mm -hmm. Um, So we start um, on the day of my daughter's baptism. I was blessed. I've been married with my husband, Jerry, now for 31 years. We were blessed with four souls, uh, two we did not get to meet. We lost in miscarriage and two um, that we were able to love here. Our son, Jonathan, will be 30 uh, in a few days. And our daughter, Courtney, was with us until she was 22 years old. And so this book starts in the day in Courtney's baptism. And basically, Courtney was born perfectly fine. Um, and then she started having grand mal seizures for no known medical reason. And um, she kind of was the catalyst in my life to sort of bring me back to God. I was raised in a Catholic family, one of eight kids, went to Catholic school till the eighth grade, went to Mass every Sunday, but I really didn't claim my Catholicism. I really wasn't living out that true faith. 
um, I kind of was just punching the dots because I lived in the same town as my parents did. And if we didn't show up to Mass on Sunday, you didn't want that phone mm-hmm. call from my mom. So mm-hmm. um, we just kind of were um, doing our own thing. And um, then Courtney came along and just really shook the boat and uh, really exposed a lot of things in our hearts and in our marriage. Uh, we both came to our marriage unbeknownst to the other, very broken, um, with the wound of um, fear of rejection, not feeling worthy enough of one another. And so that manifested itself for me in an eating disorder um, on the lines of bulimia, and then for my husband uh, with an addiction to pornography. And so um, that was kind of exposed in our marriage around years five, six, seven. And we really did not deal well with either one for a very long time. And in the midst of all of that, we had a profoundly special needs child. We had a perfectly capable son, but he was getting set aside on a daily basis because you're living in crisis with the one who needs you the most, which was Mm -hmm. Courtney. And so this book sort of exposes all of that. And it's a heck of a 27-year journey um, that we go through, Um, and it talks about how God remained with us. He never, ever left our side, even though we didn't always acknowledge Him or really choose to see Him there, but um, He remained with us in all of that, and through Courtney's example of redemptive suffering, through her example as a suffering servant, she reintroduced us to who God was and what our life was all supposed to be about, Mm -hmm. and through her witness and through the witness of many others and others coming alongside us to accompany us. We talk about all of it in the book, but um, we were just sort of reintroduced to the love of the Father and um, that we are worthy of His love no matter how many sins we've committed. Um, We are the the one that leaves the sheep, you know, the one that leaves the 99, and He will come and get us, and He did. And I'm, I'm happy to say that we now live a life that is very, very different from the beginning of this journey, and um, God has healed us of those addictions that um, were brought forward, mm-hmm. and our son is doing beautifully well, and our daughter is at home with him, so um, it was not, it's not been a very easy life, uh, but it has been a good life, because the, God is good. The, so. um, the people that I've talked to that have had, you know, special needs children or, or, or specific member of the family that had an accident and they have to be cared for continually. That not only affects that person, but the entire family. You mentioned your son kind of got pushed to the background in the shuffle because of the of the time necessary uh, with your daughter. That has to have an effect on on how the family functions. And talk a little bit about how that might bring out some of these other uh, uh, things that are going on in terms of uh, those broken elements of our lives, just the fact that so much time is involved in, in that. Well, you're living in crisis, right? So with Courtney, with her seizure, she would stop breathing when she had a seizure. So it didn't matter what you were doing. You instantly went to her to help her. Mm-hmm. So that meant that our other, our, our other child, our son, Jonathan, who was three years older than Courtney, basically had to take care of himself a lot of the time. Um, when he was four, he got kicked out of preschool for biting. Uh, he had a lot of trouble in elementary school uh, with relationships, trying to make friendships, because he didn't he didn't know what to do with all the feelings. Like there's 
all these feelings that come. Like, why is something wrong with my sister? Why are my parents always yelling at each other? Why is it that nobody's paying attention to me? I mean, it breaks you. It mm-hmm. breaks you. It breaks your family. And it broke him. And for him, the journey was very different. Um, he kind of hit a wall when he was in college, had to come home and really enter into his diagnosis with depression and anxiety and what they call survivor's guilt which is this idea that he was stronger than his sister and he felt the disability should have been given to him. Mm. And so um, you see that a lot in special needs families where you'll have the the sibling or siblings that are typical siblings that don't have these issues, uh, that they feel like somehow uh, it's either their fault or they should have carried more of the burden because um, there's empathy that exists there because they're constantly watching crisis. And crisis creates empathy or it creates bitterness. Praise God for us. We went the empathy route after we had to go through the land of bitterness. But for Jonathan, it entered into five years of of, uh, weekly, then monthly, then bi-monthly therapy um, to kind of figure out who he was. We had to do family therapy, which was not fun or delightful in any way, shape, or form. Um, But what has resulted from all of that is a very, very strong family unit, an unbreakable family unit, and one um, where we talk now about those times, um, and we talk very openly about our feelings and where we are, and and if somebody says something that might uh, land not well with another, we don't hide that anymore. We enter right into that conversation, and praise God for the counselors and the spiritual directors and the, um, the mentors that we had in our life during that very difficult time that gave us the tools to do that. Um, we don't talk about hard things in this world. We, we like to, to shove them aside. Mm-hmm. We don't, we don't, we want an Instagram perfect feed, you know, everything. This is the good stuff. Let's just talk about the good stuff while everybody is rotting from the inside out with all the bad stuff. And um, Courtney taught us that you have to, you have to enter into suffering. You cannot avoid it in this life. It's scriptural. It's in the Acts, the book of Acts. Sure. You know, you shall face trial and tribulation before you enter the kingdom of heaven. And ours was just sort of on display uh, for people to see, but most people didn't know the true brokenness that existed in our home um, until I wrote this book. And then it kind of surprised a few people. Mm-hmm. So. Well, we're all going to go through hard times. And if people haven't been through it, uh, just wait. Uh, you know, at yeah. some point you're going to go through hard times. When you don't have time to even think how do you how do you make time for God in the sense that did your relationship with the Lord start out weak and grow as you went through this experience or or was it strong from the beginning uh, how do you how do you make time for even to include God in that in that tr- or to trust God in all of that well I didn't really have a strong relationship I mean I went to Catholic school I knew who God was we prayed the rosary in our home. I mean, I had, I had sort of Catholic culture, you know, it was around me. But I hadn't really dived in to my personal relationship with him, to where I stood with him, until really Courtney came along. And on that first day, uh, when the, she's being baptized and the seizures come, we end up in the hospital. At 3 o'clock in the morning, I had uh, kind of my first introduction to God the Father, and I was not pleased. And I told him so in no uncertain terms. <laughs> and um, it just began um, a very tense conversation that lasted for probably 12 years. 
Um, I was not happy with the direction of what he was allowing in our daughter's life and my life. And um, I told him that, you know, he keeps telling me that he's a good father and that he cares for us and that he loves us. And I didn't believe him. And um, and so I told him that. And I didn't talk. You know, I went through long bouts of silence. Um, I wouldn't pray. I Like I said, I did go to Mass because it was ingrained in me by mm-hmm. the nuns and by my parents that you showed up at Mass. And the joy and beauty of that is that I received grace from that. You know, even though I wasn't fully entered in, God was. He was all in from the beginning and still is. And he, grace was coming to us, and we didn't even know it. Mm-hmm. You know, people came into our lives that He put there. And had we not been to Mass, on one Sunday, I wouldn't have been invited to a Bible study with other moms that had special needs kids. I wouldn't have gone to that Bible study. I wouldn't have seen that it was possible to find joy while you're dealing with a special needs child. I wouldn't have seen that it was possible to have brokenness in your marriage, yet still love your husband and still love God and be able to walk on a path toward him. Mm -hmm. And so he surrounded us with people that we didn't even know were his messengers until much later when we could look back and go, Oh, wait, look what he did there. Mm -hmm. And so how did I find time with him? Most of my prayer was crisis prayer. It was prayer of, um, we're in the emergency room, bad things are happening, please don't take my daughter. That's what most of my prayer was in the beginning, until really when Courtney was six or seven uh, seven years old, and we were able to take a trip to Lourdes, France, and go to the healing um, waters of Lourdes. And, And that experience changed my relationship with the Lord. Um, it changed profoundly, and that was simply because I actually listened. I listened to him for the first time and stopped talking, and I was able to hear him and hear his love and his care through his mother, um, who wrapped her mantle around me and my husband and our son and our daughter and said, now are you ready to walk with us? And by trusting in that moment and in a few of the small moments before then, Mm -hmm. you know, it's trusting in the small things where you say, okay, I'm going to trust you for the next five minutes. This is it, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and he, he answered a prayer or he, he would show up in some way and provide some encouragement in some way. And I would say, okay, I'll, I'll give you another 10. All right. I might give you a day. Okay. I might give you a week. And that's, that's how it began for me. I, I had to trust in someone in one thing and then I was able to trust in another thing and then that time in between the trust and those faith muscles grew and I was able to start uh, entering into prayer more often where it wasn't all screaming at God it was sitting and listening to him mm-hmm. and then I got started into reading scripture and I began to learn his plan for my life and what he wanted for me and then we entered into counseling in our marriage and counseling in our family and you know, it just grew and grew and grew, but it, it took a long, long time. It took more than a decade for all of that to kind of begin to really move forward for me. Mm-hmm. So how did I find time? Um, I really didn't. Um, but, until but, I, choose, yeah. I chose to find the time. But, it, but, but you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with those prayers of anger and so forth. I read a, a point here that... Address accepting his will can lead to profound joy, no matter the challenges. I, I write a lot in my books about happiness and joy. What do you what do you mean by you can find profound joy in just the trusting of God and accepting His will? Talk about that a minute. Well, when you surrender to God's will, you surrender to love. Okay, mm-hmm. so. 
when you accept his will for your life, which is a surrender of what you thought your plan was going to be, and you say, okay, Lord, I think this is where you have us. I think this is what you want for us. Then there is peace. And when there is peace, there's room for joy. And you're not all filled with trying to control things and, and, and anger and bitterness. Um, you make, and make room for forgiveness, radical forgiveness, which then makes room for more peace which then makes room for more joy. And your life becomes very simple. Mm-hmm. Our life with Courtney was very simple. It, it, it was difficult, very challenging, but we looked for the simple things to be joyful about. She smiled, everything stopped. She laughed, lit up the whole room. Jonathan would read a book to her, and they would have this interaction, and you just watched. Pure joy. Um, she kept us present in the sacrament of the present moment. We stopped worrying about tomorrow because we had no control of it. We stopped worrying about what happened the day before because we couldn't fix it. It was already gone. Mm-hmm. And so we had to leave that to the provision of the Lord to cover the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, um, it's just about simplifying your life, simplifying um, your relationship with the Lord. It comes down to, you know, you are God, I am not. Amen. Mary yeah. Lindenberg is my guest. The book, Be Brave in the Scared. It's published by Ave Maria Press. And this is an uplifting book. And we're going to come back in the next segment and talk about how you got from where you were to really trying to reach out and turning your misery into ministry and writing a book that is going to be a blessing to many people. Mary Lindenberg is my guest. And we'll be back after this on The Storytellers. CatholicBook.net is your source for all things Catholic. With a large selection of unique items, we are here to serve the Lord by serving you. Visit our local shop in Canton at St. Raphael Books and Gifts, 4365 Fulton Drive Northwest. We are your source for all things Catholic. CatholicBook.net, for 30 years, a commitment to service. Hi, this is Tony Agnesi. Welcome back to The Storytellers. The book is Be Brave and the Scared. Mary Lenneberg is my guest, How I Learned to Trust God During the Most Difficult Days of My Life, published by Ave Maria Press and available where all great Catholic books are sold. Mary, um, uh, as I was saying during the break, a very compelling story. How do we get from there to saying, you know, now I, I, I just feel like I need to write this so that it might be a blessing to other people. How do you get from going through all of what you and your family went through to making that decision that I'm, I'm going to try to get this into a book that can help others? Well, being completely honest, I, I really didn't want to. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm a dyslexic, and so physically writing is, is tough. It's very difficult for me. Um, and I, I never felt like I was kind of smart enough to write a book, but I was approached by an editor at Ave Maria Press about two years ago. And um, I had written a blog in 2007 kind of inviting people into our life and what it was like to raise a child with severe special needs. There weren't a lot of um, ways to find out what life was like back then. So I started writing through that and it kind of drew people to me. And and I ended up sort of ministering um, through email and text message. And we would have meetups at a local park with other moms. And we just, I just found myself in the situation of encouraging others, and it's what I love to do because I just feel 
like God's love for us is greater than our biggest shame. And that to walk in freedom of that is what he desires for all of us. And so he gave me this platform to kind of encourage moms, encourage single women um, who are dealing with issues in their life and other married couples um, that, you know, to seek the Lord and to seek his forgiveness and to, you know, saying no to control and no to shame and enter into full and uh, free freedom with him. So um, that's kind of how it happened. They approached me. I said no twice. And then my husband looked at me and said, okay, you know, obviously the Lord is pursuing you in this. We need to consider this. And so I finally said yes. And and we wrote it all out. And I remember when we got the last galleys right before um, it went to printing, my husband and I read it from, from cover to cover. And we looked at each other with tears in our eyes. And I said, I can't believe what God has done in our life. I mean, it's just, it's overwhelming and beautiful and awesome. But it really is truly due to the teacher that we had. And that was our daughter who never said a word. She was cortically blind. She never took a step. She was wheelchair bound. People looked at our life as if it was burden. And it wasn't. It was all beauty. And that's because we learned that it's not what we do, but it's who we are in God. You know, God doesn't make mistakes. Courtney wasn't a mistake. She had everything she needed in her brokenness to do the job God brought her here to do. And she taught us that. And so it is um, my great privilege to share her with the world. It is my great honor to, um, to stand in that freedom this day and encourage others and say, I know that life is hard and I know you're going to be facing some really, really difficult situations. There's going to be death and brokenness and, you know, a loss of job, financial problems, family problems, divorce, all of this other stuff that comes to us in life. And yet God remains in the middle of it all. Mm -hmm. He remains there and he draws us to him. But we have to be the one to open that door because he's a gentleman. He's not going to force it down. Um, he's not going to force it open, so you have to open it up to him. But if you give him a little crack so you can hear mm-hmm. the still, small voice of grace, it is amazing what will happen in your life. And so that's how I find myself mm-hmm. today talking to you, Tony. And if he gets it to us, he gets us through it as Amen. well. I, I like the, uh, and I like the, you know, just uh, technically, I like the format of the book because not only do you, 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 you share uh, each chapter, but you, you know, you give the reader an opportunity to kind of, maybe do a little journaling or uh, uh, on their own and, and, and get some of their thoughts down. How did that come about? Because that seems to me to be a very powerful way to, to go through the book. Well, it's how I actually pray in my own life. And so um, I wanted to leave each chapter. I prayed over the Bible scripture verses, and I had my friend um, Deacon Marks, my um our best friends are Deacon Marks and Christine, his wife. And so the four of us gathered with my husband, Jerry, we gathered and prayed over these scriptures for each chapter because each chapter sort of has a theme, control, desperation, fear, shame, things like that. And so then we, um, I went through questions that I would ask myself as I was writing the chapter. You know, if somebody is facing fear, they're facing control, they're facing perfectionism, they're facing something that they just can't shake. And it's really detrimental to their life what question would i ask myself to kind of unlock that how can i unlock that for myself and give it over to the lord so that he as the divine physician um can send his holy spirit who is the superhero of encouragement into our lives and kind of help us fix it you know Mm -hmm. to heal it to um 
bring us into closer relationship with him. And so each chapter I went through and, and I asked myself the same questions, which I hope um, I sort of answer for m- myself um, and my story with each of the chapters. And it seems to have been um, something that really touches people. Mm-hmm. I know it can be used in, it's been used in small group studies. It's been used in parish-wide studies. Um, it can be for personal study. It really has a broader use then um, instead of just this is a spiritual memoir. Um, mm-hmm. Here you go. So you can kind of expand upon it however you'd like. Well, we live in a kind of a quick fix society, and your book is very uplifting, but uh, nowhere does it say there's quick fixes. Uh, how do we deal with that with people that just, you know, they go from happiness to, to unhappiness 50 times a day? How do we get them to understand that true joy is something a little different than that, and and it takes time? Well, we, we don't like to suffer, you know. Uh, we're not big fans of suffering. And one of the beauties of our Catholic faith is this idea of redemptive suffering, where we can actually take on suffering for another. So it's kind of like the nuns saying in, in grade school, offer it up, Mary Beth, offer it up. And that really was one of the big keys for me to unlocking how to walk through really hard things and finding the joy. Um, so when something would happen, we would be in the ICU, something would happen with Jonathan or Courtney, or we were in therapy, Jerry and I in marriage therapy, or we were walking through Theology of the Body with Christopher West, trying to heal our marriage from the addictions that existed. Um, when we faced a really tough, tough spot, we would actually, myself and my husband either together, if it was both of us, or myself as an individual, would think of someone in my life that really needed prayer, that really needed support, and I would offer up that really hard thing for them. And it's kind of like, um, as a mom, you know, you go through labor and delivery, and praise Jesus, at the end, you're holding a healthy baby, um, you know, in your arms, and it's a miracle. But you have gone through great suffering to get to that point. And that's the whole idea of us as Christians. If we call ourselves Christians, then we are resurrection people. But see, we can't get to resurrection unless we go through Good Friday. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't have Our Lady Queen of Heaven unless you have Our Lady of Sorrows. So you can't have the good without the bad. It's just how life is. And so if we can enter into the bad, this idea, this idea that A, it's a season, it will not last forever. Yes, it will hurt. But if that hurt can have meaning and can help someone else, then we can survive it. Not only survive it, but thrive while in it. And then on the other side, look back and go, wow, look what God did there. But we have to be willing to surrender to that act of love and offering it up. Many, uh, many people who go through these types of things, it just rips a marriage apart. It rips families apart and so forth. What you've proven here by your life and your family's lives and you do in the book is that if you trust in God, you can get through these things and how much stronger your family, your marriage, your relationships and everything are as a result of it. Uh, Sometimes we don't understand why we have a a certain person in our life uh, like you did with your daughter that's a challenge until after the fact and you realize that you, you wouldn't be where you were without her. What a beautiful, beautiful story, Mary. Thank you. We have to choose love. You have to choose love every single day. Choose love within my marriage. Choose love with my children. Choose love with people outside my home. We have to learn to meet each other with empathy. And Courtney taught me that because we were not always treated with empathy. 
and we did not always treat one another with empathy. And so um, the greatest lesson of her life is that love is a choice. Mm -hmm. And when you choose it and you choose God above self, you choose joy above pain, you choose love, everything changes and God wins. And it's been a joy having you here, Mary. This has been fantastic. The book is Be Brave in the Scared, How I Learned to Trust God During the Most Difficult Days of My Life. Mary Lenneberg is, uh, has been our guest. The book is published by Ave Maria Press. I highly recommend it. If you're going through some struggles in your life, I think uh, this book would be both uplifting and very, very helpful to you. Mary, it's been a pleasure having you with us uh, on the program today. God bless you. Thanks so much, Tony. It's been a joy. And that's our show for today. If you missed part of the program, the show will be available immediately at thestorytellersradio.com. To find out more about my books or to inquire about booking me to speak at your parish conference, you can go to my website, tonyagnesi.com. Again, my thanks to Mary Lenneberg, author of the book, Be Brave in the Scared. This is Tony Agnesi inviting you to join me again next time for The Storytellers. God bless. We hope you've enjoyed today's edition of The Storytellers with Tony Agnesi, a production of the Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio. To learn more about today's storyteller, go to thestorytellersradio.com. There you can subscribe to the podcast and hear all of our past shows. And join us again next week at this same time for The Storytellers with Tony Agnesi. Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... It's so much more than just a profile picture. At Catholic Singles, our platform offers you many opportunities to get to know the person behind the picture. Sign up today at catholicsingles.com. Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at caneford.com.